Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. 1.50, the time here in the KSL Newsroom, creeping up on 2 o'clock. Don't forget, uh, just after the 2 o'clock news, we'll have the top two stories at 2 o'clock here on Live. Mike, looking forward to getting to uh, those topics. Uh, right now, I want to talk to you uh, about something fascinating. Saw uh, in the Deseret News uh, this morning, published just after 5 o'clock this morning, uh, headline reading, Latter-day Saint Charities donates $20 million to global COVID-19 vaccine campaign. Let me read that again. Latter-day Saint Charities donates $20 million to global COVID-19 vaccine campaign. Uh, two reasons that's interesting. Uh, it, it is, it's very seldom that we, uh, that we get uh, a dollar figure for these types of uh, charitable contributions from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And to see it uh, at this scale, and we'll learn in a moment that uh, it's even larger than this, but also... Within this headline, reference made to a COVID-19 vaccine campaign. Uh, now, the campaign itself is is fascinating and worthy of its own uh, conversation. It's called COVAX. We'll get into the details of what COVAX is in just a moment and where it is uh, serving folks in the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. And to help us wade through all of this is uh, Tad Walsh of the Deseret News, a good friend of this program, always willing to, to come on and explain things to us. Uh, so, Tad, welcome back to the program, sir. How are you? I'm good, Lee. And, and as a good friend, uh, I'm, I'm I'm seeing that a certain social media platform tells me it's your birthday, and yes. I want to wish you happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel I feel taller <laughs> as I sit here uh, in this in this chair here behind the microphone. I'm grateful to you. Uh, thanks so much. Got some fun stuff planned with the family here tonight. Uh, and Terrific. let me say too, I'm, I'm sorry we're not here face to face. I got accustomed to, to hanging out with you here in the studio, and that darn uh, COVID showed up and uh, upended everything for us. Look forward to getting back with you here in studio. I do too. That would be great. T- tell me, let's start here. What is what is Covax? The the Church of Jesus Christ of okay. Latter-day Saints recently uh, gave twenty million dollars worth of support to Covax. But what is Covax? Covax is uh, is something that I think people are going to become more and more aware of here in coming days and weeks. Um, it's a global campaign by a group of international partners to bring COVID nineteen vaccines to people around the world. Um, specifically and chiefly in low- and middle-income countries. Um, Their goal is to provide 2 billion vaccines to people around the world um, in countries that don't have the capacity to buy the vaccines um, and struggle to store them and or distribute them. And so uh, the church is giving this money to help put these vaccine shots into the arms of people who who otherwise might not get them or might not get them for
for a long, long time. And, and how does this work? Uh, which vaccines are being purchased? Which nations are on the receiving end of the aid from this program? Yeah, great question. So UNICEF is the, the partner that the church is giving the money to. That's the Children's Emergency Fund of the United Nations. And the first vaccines arrived uh, from COVAX arrived in Ghana on Wednesday, uh, 600,000 of them, and another half a million arrived in Ivory Coast today. So um, this is they're, they're buying various vaccines, um, as I understand it, but they're, they're working to get them around the world. My understanding that is, uh, and we don't need to get into like epidemiological stuff here, but uh, my understanding was that uh, in Ghana, they are vaccines made uh, by the AstraZeneca uh, company. Uh, AstraZeneca not yet uh, able to be distributed here in the United States. Uh, Different different standards or what's your understanding about the nature of that vaccine? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Yeah, I did not dive deeply into that um, specific question. But my understanding is that uh, UNICEF is working with Gavi, which is related to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's called the Vaccine um, uh, Organization, the Vaccine Alliance, and so they are, you know, vaccine experts. And uh, I'm sure that they're working to be, um, you know, as as uh, responsible as possible. Sure, sure. Uh, let's take a step backwards. Twenty million dollars—that's a big chunk of change. And as I said. Right. As I said earlier, it's it's not often that we uh, become aware of specific dollar figures uh, given by the the church. Uh, w- what's different uh, in this case, and also d- does it represent the full scale of contribution? This is a great question. I was struck by that number too, Lee. Um, that is a very large figure for a single donation coming uh, from Latter Day Saint Charities, and so um, you know, I did. I've asked the questions. I'm I'm curious if that's the largest single donation that we know about um, ever given. But uh, it's definitely very high up there on the list, and and um, I think it's released because they gave it to UNICEF, and UNICEF wanted to announce it. Um, and that's what happened today. A joint press release went out from both the church and UNICEF to announce this donation. They're hoping UNICEF that uh, other private sector organizations will will make similar donations. And so to have the church give what so far is the largest private sector donation uh, in the world for this effort, um, they wanted to tout that and and encourage others to join. Yeah. Um, as far as the church's you know COVID response um, dollar contributions around the world, the church is now up to. Over a thousand um, COVID-19 related humanitarian response projects um, in, you know, over a hundred countries, and and I have been able to calculate by reading um, reports by other media around the country as a truck shows up from uh, from the church with food donations to a food bank uh, that various. Uh, the church has now provided tens of millions of dollars in terms of COVID-related response humanitarian aid. Yeah, the w- one thing is I saw that number, the twenty million dollars, and as you know, your calculations show that the uh, the true number is much much higher than that. Uh, charitable giving is contagious. 
Charitable giving is absolutely something that I, I feel, uh, you know, when organizations see another organization giving, uh, they want to step up and get in there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this announcement is just one of many dominoes that are about to fall as other organizations step up and get involved in just these sorts of uh, of efforts. Uh, listen, Tad, I'm grateful to you for your reporting here. I'm grateful to you for the information you've delivered and grateful to you for your friendship. Hey, you bet, Lee. Have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, fascinating stuff. And, and looking into the different uh, types of vaccines, the ones that are uh, being distributed as part of this COVAX uh, program to which the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has donated uh, is absolutely fascinating. And uh, learning the way and the different approaches that are out there, uh, cool stuff. And finding ways to get vaccines to those who, uh, you know, likely otherwise wouldn't have them uh, is is nothing but good and miraculous. Uh, so that's all very good. Continue to follow that story as it develops. Uh, and as you heard Tad say, this COVAX program, one that we will likely hear about much more often as uh, you know, certain underprivileged areas in the world uh, end up being benefited by the work done there. Uh, let me, before we go to break, I just a, a moment ago got my hands on the uh, the most recent COVID-19 numbers for Utah. I know it's not that fun to listen to, uh, but the story told when reading these numbers and thinking back on where they have been in recent history, uh, it tells a pretty encouraging story. Uh, first up is the total number of cases, positive cases since yesterday, 651, 600 and 51. That number uh, pretty low compared to the the peaks that we have seen in recent weeks and months. We're getting back towards those uh, end of summer numbers, and that's very, very good. Let's uh, do what we can to keep in that direction. In terms of vaccines, 22,092 administered since uh, yesterday. 22,000. Seven-day rolling average for positive tests is 294. The seven-day average for percent positivity, 5.6. And hospitalizations currently stand at 231. Quick break. When we return, I'll share with you the top two stories at 2 o'clock here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.